You are listening to Cisco Champion Radio, direct from Cisco Live. Sponsored by The Network Intuitive. This week's host, Justin Cohen. Good afternoon. Welcome to Cisco Champions Radio here at Cisco Live, episode four, uh, the new network with Catalyst 9000. Uh, my name is Justin Cohen from Longview Systems. My blog is online at www.cantechit.com, also on Twitter under the same name. With me today is Ivor Diedrichs, and he is the product manager for Catalyst 9000. That is correct. Uh, and we're talking a lot about that. So before we get into Catalyst 9000, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you did before Catalyst 9000. Okay, um, so I'm a product manager. I'm focused okay. on the access switching portfolio for uh, Cisco. Um, before the Catalyst 9000, I have been working on the Catalyst 3850 platform. Um, the Catalyst 9000, what's different about it is the fact that we really are unifying platforms across access, aggregation, and core, and providing a consistency across the ASICs, across the CPU architecture, and across the software. And we, we believe that that will ultimately bring a significant operational savings for customers. Yeah, and we've heard about this, you know, yeah. one ASIC to rule them all, one That's software right. code to rule them all, with Dave and Peter talking yeah. about their components. What was your role in that build? Because I'm interested as a product manager, yes. what is your role in that in that phase to come up with the Catalyst 9000? Okay, so the, the whole idea is, uh, firstly, as a product manager, what we are trying to do is firstly figure out, okay, what is it that we need to build that's going to be the right thing for Cisco that's going to differentiate our platforms in the market? Also, more importantly, is what is it that we're going to be delivering to our customers that would provide value to those customers, right? So, and then we look at it from the perspective of the standards bodies, what's happening in the standards bodies. We're looking at it from the perspective of what's happening competitively, what's happening inside of Cisco, and really what we want to accomplish overall as a company, right? One of those things is simplifying things for our customers, right, across the board. And that's one of the things we've heard, uh, you know, uh, frequently spoken about Cisco is complex in some way, shape, or form, right? But we definitely want to get away from that, and we've done that in so, many ways. Yeah, so coming up with those differentiators, yes. you guys were talking a lot about um, uh, sort of key design concepts, and it's interesting when you talk to guys like Peter, and you talk to guys like Dave, and they talk yes. about the design concepts and, and what they were thinking when they were coming up with the Catalyst 9000. I'm interested, what were your key design elements when you guys came up with the platform? So I think uh, one of the big issues is, um, you know, today, if you look at our current portfolio before the Cat 9K, you look at uh, the Catalyst uh, 2K, the 3K, the 4K, the 6K, all of them are different, right? They have different ASICs, they have different CPUs, they have different software architectures. And what that resulted in, it translated to a lot of operational complexity for our customers. So the whole idea here was to really bring this together in a very simple way so that the customers can actually, by leveraging something that's common across the platforms, they're able to be able to get all of the operational efficiencies uh, uh, allowed through that. Um, so operational efficiency and simplicity was simplicity. the key. And coming up with, can, can we build three different bespoke switches with one ASIC. Is that possible, right? And, and, and that, so that's something that um, Cisco hasn't done before. That's right. And, uh, that's right. and it brings a much more, much higher reliability. We've been hearing about that. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested in what other design elements you had as an example, and this is something I would never dream to ask Dave or Peter, is uh, they were mentioning that the design of the actual box, the physical design, mm -hmm 
was done by Pininfarina? That's right. Really? <laughs> that is cool, which is the same design company that uh, worked on the Ferrari. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was definitely, because one of our goals was, right, we're transitioning from a, a world that was very disparate, right, a 2K, 3K, 4K, very different, and we are really going to be changing the way we do things going forward. And as a result of that, we also wanted to make sure that we did that transition as well as with regards to the look and feel of the platform. Right. right? It is not available in a red. I just it's not. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> so, I mean, if you think about it operationally, right, we had to look about across it, not just uh, the capabilities in the platform, but how do you make it operationally simpler across the board? So, for example, consistency. We've delivered things like RFID, so that you can do very simple inventory management, right, as you go forward across all of these. Yeah, that was quick in the in the in the session I was in. So yeah. every component, every yes. field replaceable component, has an RFID tag. That is correct. And I can scan that scan it and see everything that's inside there. Right. In the, that's really cool. That, that's very cool, yeah. So that's one operational consistency. Another one is Blue Beacon, right? I mean, so basically we have on the front and on the rear of the chassis, we have this blue beacon, right? So you walk into your network room or your server room, you're telling somebody, hey, unplug port number three. You don't want them to unplug the wrong port on the wrong switch, right? Yeah. Because it's always the exchange server, by the way. <laughs> Whenever someone unplugs a cable, they always unplug the exchange server by accident. <laughs> That's exactly true. Yeah. And so we've got that, right? So another operational com uh, um, consistency across the board. And then another one is Bluetooth management. Now, not everybody would be interested in that, but being able to manage the box through Bluetooth in the same way that you could manage it over Ethernet or through the IP network, you can now use Bluetooth for okay, that. Okay, so I... I'm going to step back for a second because I, I didn't hear this in any of the sessions and maybe it, I glossed over it. So I can get console access to this device over Bluetooth? Like how that does is that correct. work? That is correct. So Con everything that you can do through the Ethernet management port, right? Right. Or you can transfer files, you can CLI commands, you can do all of those things, you can now do over Bluetooth as well. So I can walk into my data center. This is cool. I'm sorry. Yeah. We, I haven't heard something that's really cool yet. <laughs> I mean, we've heard lots, but... Yeah. That, so I can walk into my data center yes. and put my laptop on a, on, you know, on a stand somewhere right. and tell it to connect over Bluetooth to, to my Catalyst 9000, and I can console in over Bluetooth. That's exactly it. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Are, is Cisco the first to have a Bluetooth console? I mean, they've got to be. I've never heard of that before. I'm not sure about that, but I mean, look, certainly when it comes consistently across the platform, yeah. right? that is definitely one of the elements we, we wanted to drive across the platform. But I mean, more significantly, right? We're able to, we spoke about like Bluetooth and some operational things, right? I mean, there's another operational nice thing, which is on the 9400. The fan tray is accessible from the front or from the rear of the chassis. Yes, or... Or so yeah. it's it's front or the back or the rear right right and and if they order it one way does, is it that way forever or can they decide they can decide whatever right so, so you put the cover on the front you can do it from the back so depending on the cabling infrastructure you might want to either access from the front or from yeah. the back right and you've you've got that operational efficiency right? yeah put your hand up if you've ever tried to replace a forty five hundred fan tray once <laughs> it's cabled <laughs> forget it that's right exactly <laughs> but yeah. but more significant if you look deeper inside and this is probably the conversations you had with Dave Zacks and Peter Jones right is consistent across these platforms, they have a common ASIC, UADP 2.0, common CPU architecture, Intel x86, and a common operating system, which is OpenIOSXC operating system, right? Yeah. And the operational consistency for our customers is huge. Well, and one of the pieces of that that I want to I point out, iOSD, yes. right? So the new iOS is not just, this isn't just iOSXE as we know it today. <laughs> this is a new iOSXE. That's right. So the, 
the things are modular inside iOS now. So things like the routing protocols and the routing engine and the features are, are modules that can be right. individually upgraded or modified without taking the whole thing out of service. That's so right. less operational downtime for these customers. Absolutely. Um, One of the things you get with that is the patching. I don't know if you spoke about that before. We didn't. We didn't, okay. So if you think about it, right, today, let's say there's a bug in BGP as an example, right? right. What would you have to do? You'd have to go to cisco.com, download the image which has BGP fix plus everything else inside of it. You've got to qualify the whole image before you load it onto the box. Well, with patching, we're going to be creating just a little patch just for BGP. Everything else stays the same. You just download that little patch onto the box. And now, initially, you, know, you still have to reboot the box, but a little bit later, you'll have some, uh, the capability to support hot patching, which means that while the box is up and running, you're able to go ahead and uh, patch. So them. that's huge, right? So now we're talking iOS, individual iOS component upgrades that don't require a reload. I mean, maybe BGP requires a restart, mm -hmm. probably, but mm -hmm. we're not rebooting the whole platform. But to your point, we're not requalifying an that's entire right. load. That is correct. So it, it's clear you guys have looked at what our customers, my customers and, and Cisco's customers, have been asking for yes. and have said, you know what, we can help with that. Yes. If you look at mission-critical environments, <laughs> service provider, um, they want these kinds of features where they don't have to bounce the whole box that is correct. in order to deal with something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's really, that's yeah. really cool. So, so ISS, ISSU yes. it works the same way? Is it, is it similar? Like how is that working now? So we support the ISSU functionality on the 9400 platform. So with dual supervisor engines. Actually, the software is not there right now, so I really want to make clear the distinction between what's available there today versus what's coming via software upgrade. Right? Yeah, of course. So, um, and, and so on the 9400, because with the dual supervisor engines, we're able to do in-service software upgrade, right? That capability. Uh, what we will also support is in the aggregation layer with the 9500 platforms, the two of them synchronized through a VSS pair. You can actually do ISSU in that scenario as well, oh, and we'll be able to okay. do Okay, so that wasn't mentioned previously. Yeah, yeah. So the 9500s, you can IS, you can VSS pair them side by side. So mm -hmm. you have two of them, That's um, right. and you're running, using them in a redundant that architecture. Is that is correct. You can ISSU those. That's yeah, cool. and, and so we, we're using the term VSS, but um, basically what we're doing here is, you may have heard of the term stackwise virtual. I yes. don't know if you've heard about the term. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so stackwise virtual is the obviously the capability to be able to create a logical entity between using the front panel ports, traditional front panel ports, not these back stack cables, um, and be able to obviously create a logical entity out of that. When I say a logical entity, I mean one control plane, one management plane with a distributed forwarding plane. So the first apology in that VSS is basically the the, v, the VSS topology for Stackwise Virtual, where you can virtualize the two members in the aggregation layer. And then down the line, what you'll also be able to see is support for ring topology all the way down in the access layer using front panel ports. So now you don't, you're not constrained to the stack being in a single wiring closet. It could be across a campus. It could be... Uh, you know, depending on the optics you use, it could be 40 kilometers away, right? And but ideally, we're moving away from this anyway, right? I mean, we're sitting here That's talking right. about very traditional networking. That's right. And, and stacking and, and how we're going to architect and plug all these things in and how we're going to manage them. But really, in reality, that, we're getting away from this. That's right. The network intuitive. That's absolutely. DNA center, ICE, yeah. managing this via you know, you know the, the new network intuitive architecture and, and running in DNA center. Ideally, that's where I'm going to do all of this. That is correct. But the day-to-day, -day, the troubleshooting, people still want to feel at home with their switches. And, and Dave Zaks was nice to point out that the CLI is not gone. Let's that's repeat right. that again. <laughs> the CLI on Catalyst 9000 is not gone. You can still log in there. 
Um, but you know, DNA centers, how people are going to want to deal with this as we get to a, an intent-based network. That is correct. Right? So CLI is not gone, SNMP is not gone, right? You can still pull it through SNMP. Oh, but in oh. addition to that, you now have the model-driven APIs, right? We've basically taken all of the operational and configuration state in the platforms. We've created Yang data models for those, and we expose them externally through NetConf and in short, shortly through RESTConf as well, right? So this is what APIC-EM uh, with DNA Center uses to talk to these boxes. And then, of course, the other mechanism is about the uh, operational data, not using polling, but now using the pub-sub model, the publication subscription model using streaming telemetry, right? right? Which makes it a lot more efficient in terms of the way you actually... Uh, you know, and I'm interested to see what the partners, Cisco partners are a lot that we have on the floor today, and then, of course, all the crazy dev people who, I'm not a dev guy, mm -hmm. but I mean, over in the corner of the floor, we've got all these dev people who are doing all these cool development projects. They're going to have so much fun being able to run code and do their own cool stuff right on the platform. Um, but uh, the ability to run those things at the edge, mm -hmm. right? Rowan brought that up in, in his talk today about how we're going to do analytics at the edge and, and enable all those things. And you talk to Dave and you talk to Peter and, and they, they're really creating a platform that's extensible. That's right. right. We have all this capability, but we're not quite sure what we're going to do with it. <laughs> right? We just know we got a lot of power. Right. Um, and, and they've really future-proofed it, like they did with the 3850. Exactly, I was just going to go there next, yeah. which is, you know, when we launched 3850, four and a half years ago, we did not have support for VXLAN, we did not have support yeah. for MPLS and ERS and so on. Right, exactly. Right. A few years later, just through a simple software upgrade, you get that capability in hardware at wire speed, right? So that's another cool thing that, that we were able to, to do. So now with this um, framework that we have in place now for application hosting, we we're able to provide the foundation again. We don't know which applications five years down the line we're going to need to run. But you never made that promise. Like, I want to be clear to people who are listening. You never made the promise with the 3850 that it was going to be this extensible switch that was going to have new protocols and new capabilities. You guys never made that promise. But you know, if you, if you talk to the product managers way back then, mm -hmm. right? That was kind of your internal idea. It That's right. The plan. Let's see if we can build right. an extensible platform. We see if we can build something that can grow over time. That's right. And you guys did it. So That's this right. time. That's right. With Doppler D, right? <laughs> with <laughs> Doppler D. Not only are you guys saying, yeah, no, you know what? No, we know how to do this. We did it before. We're going to do it again. That's right. And we've made it bigger and better. And now we're really going to extend on it. That's right. Um, the... Uh, one of the things that's interesting is, you know, the DevNet guys, and they're doing all this uh, automation, and people are doing automation towards the platform. But one question I had, and, and you might be able to answer this, customer deploys Nexus, or sorry, Catalyst. I always say, you know, the Catalyst versus Nexus. <laughs> that's only the first time I've done that today. The Cat 9000, and they go out and they put out Catalyst 9000s in a traditional model. Mm -hmm. So the same way they would a 3850 today. They program it all at the console. It's just, you know, it's, it's a regular switch. Yes. And they decide down the road they want to go APKEM and DNA Center and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Can you really do it green, brownfield or is it today really a greenfield only solution? It's absolutely a brownfield. Everything that you get on the 3850 and the way you interact with it on the 3850, you can do the same thing on the 9K. But the 9K gives you additional things, right? The additional right. things, some such as the encrypted traffic analytics. Remember that yeah. thing that, um, you know, uh, all of our execs spoke about uh, earlier this week, right? The capacity to be able to detect malware and encrypted traffic without decrypting it. 
That is cool. <laughs> yeah, and Dave gave yeah, us a really yeah. good talk about all yeah. of the little components yes. that work into that. Yes. And there was a great session uh, that he mentioned uh, that was at Cisco Live that you can go back in the catalog and mm -hmm. watch, talking about exactly how that works. Because right. we're not talking about just five-tuple data and right. a little bit of fingerprinting. There is a multi-step process that's right. to doing that encrypted traffic that's analysis. Right. So, so customers, I think that's a good message. Customers that are investing in 3850 yes. and are going to invest in CAT 9K, um, you can definitely go and deploy APIC EM mm -hmm. with DNA Center right. Brownfield on a network that is running. That is correct. You do not have to right. take it out. And That's I'll right. draw a parallel just for a second. ACI right. is a perfect parallel to that. If mm -hmm. you are Nexus 9K today and you're running in NXOS and you mm -hmm. want to go ACI, mm -hmm. it is like a whole mode switch. Got it. Right? It's not a right. brown, you can't brownfield that, right? Right. So this is something that you can You brownfield. can do. In fact, that very same 3850 that you bought back in January of 2013, you can use that in the software-defined access architecture orchestrated by DNA Center, right? And you can bring it into this whole infrastructure, this whole architecture, right? That's very, very cool. Now, in addition to that, you can add in Cat9K, and you can get some new things with the Cat9K, including application hosting and encrypted traffic analytics. But that investment from four and a half years ago carries all the way forward into this new world. So 3850s are here to stay. We, Customers that have them are definitely going to hold on to them. That is actually a commitment that we, Cisco, are making. We're saying that we will not end of sale 3850 for at least three years. Plus, we, our standard support beyond end of sale is five years. So that product has a life of eight years. So from, from today, from, so we've announced Cisco Catalyst Life. 9000. Cisco is committing to eight years of support on the 3850. So three more years of life, five more years of support. That is correct. So that'll be a total of, what are we at, seven years now? Uh, no, no, how, it was 2013. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're, we're, I mean, you know, the, the guys were saying their aim is 10 years. That's right. The aim is that customers can keep their switches for 10 years. That's right. And you guys are delivering on that. That's right. Exactly. So that's, that's, a, that's great. Um, looking towards the Catalyst 9000, lots of customers are going to want this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are we looking at at availability? Is it available today? Is it available three months from now? Okay. So the beautiful thing is the one gig platform. So we're talking about 2448 ports, one gig. Um, the 9300. And, and uh, 9300s, right? Yeah. Uh, 20, uh, uh, data, POE, and UPOE flavors. Those are available today. You can order them today. Right. They, we actually had our first customer ship earlier this week. So that's great. The multi-gigabit Ethernet flavor, which is a 24-port flavor, that will be available at the end of next month. Okay. Okay. And then, on the, and so that's the 9300. The 9500, we have a few flavors, right? This is our platform that's optimized for 40 gig. Yeah. Uh, 40 gig at the price of 10 gig. The first flavor of that is a 24-port uh, 40 gig. That one is available now. Um, and then we have a 12 ports of 40 gig and a 40 port of 10 gig with a modular uplink. That's available at the end of next month. Okay. And then the Catalyst 9400, the modular chassis, that platform will be available in September. In September for the That's modular right. platform. That's so right. I was over on the floor, and uh, for people listening to this after the event, they, they won't be able to go over there, but I was looking at the 9300 yeah. on the floor. I noticed a couple things. Stack power. That's right. Still here to stay. By the way, a Canadian invention. I just want to point that hey, out. Hey, there we go. It was a Canadian invention <laughs> for stack power, which is one of the coolest things you guys have ever come uh -huh. up with. 
Um, I have to say, it freaks people out when you plug in four switches and the first power supply you power and the whole thing powers. <laughs> yeah. So the, I noticed that was here to stay. That's right. And then the stacking cables on the back. That is correct. Is that exactly the same as the 3850 platform? That is correct. So if you take the 3850 platform today, yep. you can take the stack cables, the stack power cables. Yep. The power supplies, the power fans, supplies, the fans, and the modular uplinks, all of those are oh. usable on the 9300. Okay, so this, so I didn't know this. So the, even the modular uplink, yes, even the modular uplink, you can put that is from cool. your 3850, pull it out and put it in your cat 9300. That is correct. Wow. Uh, what I would caution is just on the reverse is not true. In other words, well, the module I, for I the 9300, right, is not allowed to go into the 3850. I would, th I would yeah. think so. Right. I would right. think so. And, and one important point, I don't know whether this came across before, the the uplink module, we have um, high density, so uh, high capacity, so 2x40. That 2x40 gig is priced at the same price as today's 2x10. So you get 40 gig at the price of 10 gig. So the wow. list price for that guy was $8,000. It's now $2,500. That's very cool. And, and do, they, do you guys support the 40 gig breakouts? So the forty, yeah, the, the the one forty to four ten. Yes, um, not right now. We still need software support for that. But yeah, the okay. first thing we get is basically what's called a QSA adapter or the CVR yep. adapter, yeah. which you can convert forty gig to ten gig, right? So that part is available now at the end of next month, and then a, a version also software version capability will allow for one gig plugged into a 40 gig port if you ever want to do that, and then also the breakout cables will be available early next year. That's really, really yeah. cool. So I think that it's amazing some of the things you've done. Delivering on value. Delivering on things like keeping power supplies, keeping fans, right. keeping cables, keeping uplink modules. I don't know another vendor that does that. Uh, I, I don't even think Cisco has done that before. You launch an entire new product line and customers can keep all of this investment. That's that's pretty cool. That was one of the key goals from the get-go, yeah, to make sure that customers can protect the investment. And we're trying to simplify, we're trying to add capabilities, but we don't want to leave customers stranded. That's a big, big uh, focus. For yeah, because th that is a big concern, stranding these assets in right. the field. Right. Um, customers are worried about. So that's cool. So we know that the stuff's available now. You know, there's some dates, you know, the, the modular chassis, September time frame. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure even when September rolls around, it'll be difficult because now everyone's going to want it. Right. Because um, you know those modular switch guys, <laughs> they love their modular switch. There we go. <laughs> so, um, but hey, you know what? The There's no argument because really, it's the same switch at the end of the day. <laughs> 9400, 9300. Here's a hint, guys. It's the same switch. It just looks different. That's right. Uh, but, you know, designed by Pin and Farina, it looks beautiful. Right. One Red Dot Awards already. I'm not sure. Not about sure that. yet. I'm not sure about that. I'm yeah. sure you guys are submitting it. There we go. That's yeah. right. That's right. And then we'll, we'll see. And on the 9400, one key point to point out, right? I mean, it's a replacement of the 4500E. Yes. Current 4500E has 48 gigs per slot bandwidth. This one is 480 gig, 10x. The capacity yeah. to go 10x, right? Um, obviously, in the case of the 9400, uh, the brains is the supervisor engine. So it's constrained by the, whichever supervisor engine you have in it. And we start, start out with a 80 gigs per slot supervisor engine. And in the future, you'll be able to go you know, 120 gig and all the way up to 480 gig in the future. Yeah. yeah, so it's a very extensible platform. It is. And we don't have to worry about replacing all sorts of very expensive components because the line cards, you know, they, they use the switching fabric in the, in the soup. So when you guys come out with new capabilities, higher bandwidth, faster fabric, it'll That's be right. swap the soup. 
That's right. And away you go. There's actually one, one thing that we've never done before, or nobody in the industry has really done before, right, is if you take as an example, one of the modules we have is a 24-port multi-gig plus 24-port 1-gig, right? So there's about 260 gigabits per second of, of bandwidth consumed on that box, right? In the first supervisor engine, it's just an 80-gig per slot, so it's about 3 to 1 oversubscribed, right? What you can do is when in the future when you upload, upgrade the supervisor engine, let's say you have one that has 480 gigs per slot, what's happening is that line card is actually also getting faster by replacing the supervisor engine. All of a sudden that line card is now not oversubscribed at all just right. by replacing the supervisor engine. Yeah, right? so it's, it's you don't need to replace yeah. the line card. It's well. important to note today yeah. we're looking at a three to one oversubscription. That's right. But clearly from things that you guys have said, and I don't want to give you any forward-looking statements, <laughs> but clearly from what I'm hearing, that's going to go away. That's, that's right. not going to stick around, and we're going to have that full-blown one-to-one. Um, but you know what? They'll have the option to go three-to-one to save money. That's right. So there's good value. That there's good correct. value there. So what, as the product manager for, for this Switch platform, is there a separate product manager so people can understand like how it works at Cisco? Mm-hmm. A separate product manager for the DNA Center and for APIC EM? There are different um, product managers for all these different components, yes. But we work, we work collaboratively together as one team, especially when it came to this launch, this being such a big launch with so many components and so many people and things involved, right? Right. Um, actually, the way the uh, engineering group has been structured, they actually all come under one engineering VP, right, at the end of the day. And so right. organizationally, it's been structured such that we can operate as a single team. And that's, I think, why we're able to get things done, maybe that we were struggled with before in the past. So it sounds to me like they've really taken the cuffs off and told you guys, look, if you need to work with another team, go ahead and do that. Um, work collaboratively. It, it sounds like we have a bit of a different Cisco. And, and, and there was alluded to this morning mm-hmm. that you, know, you guys have changed, Cisco has changed the way they're thinking. They've changed the way they're operating. They've completely rewritten iOS from scratch. That's right. It's a, it's a new day for it's a new Cisco. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, that open iOS XE operating system that we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Running on the Cat 9K, that same thing is running on 3850, 3650. It's also running on the routers, the ASR and ISR routers, and in the future you'll see it on some other platforms as well. So we're really making it consistent, right? Monolithic software. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, one last thing I want to talk about is uh, some of the modules that we're talking about, containers yes. uh, that we can run inside the, the, the supervisors and inside the 9300. We've all heard Wireshark. You can run containers with Wireshark. Is there anything else that's, that you guys are testing or that other vendors have built that are running inside there? Like, what can we do there? Okay, so what you can do today is you yeah. can run the, the Linux guest shell on the box itself, right? And in that, there's also the entire Python framework and the Python infrastructure, which means you can take your Python scripts, you can load it on the box, and you can run it and go away with it, right? Which is really, really nice. What we're also doing is, if you go into World of Solutions and you go and look at one of the demos over there, we actually have iPerf, as well as Perf Sonar running on two different containers on a 9300 switch. Oh, very cool. Available right now today. Um, well, actually, it's not shipping, but you can actually see the demo of that available right now. All of this actually being orchestrated through Cisco's Fog Director, right, which does all the lifecycle management of those applications, updating the applications in the, in the containers and so on, right? So if you think about it now, you can actually um, use the network infrastructure to do things like the analytics capabilities that's with uh, available through iPerf or... So the biggest, the biggest worry that you're going to see 
And if you look at pure networking people, of which I'm sure there's lots of people walking around the floor here that are pure networking types, they're going to say, you know what, you want to run, you want to run applications, you want to run software on my switch? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> so what protections do we have in place to make sure that containers that are doing these things aren't overwhelming the rest of what's going on? Yeah. So uh, firstly, we have the sandboxing capabilities that's available in Linux to really keep them separate so that, let's say for a second, malware did get into one of the applications, right? Then it's point. not going to go propagate into the rest of it, right? I think the second thing is to note that, remember I mentioned that, you know, we have this uh, um, CPU, which is an uh, Intel x86 CPU. It's, it's a multi-core CPU running at 2.4 gigahertz. And there's four, uh, it's a, a four-core CPU. And, so, and to be clear, that's separate from the Doppler. That's separate from Doppler. It's, right. a, it's another chip. Right. The so box. there's right. the Doppler D on board. That's right. We have an Intel processor on That's board. Right. So all of the processing we're talking about for these for these containers is happening on the Intel core. That is correct. Okay. That's correct. All data plane processing is happening on Doppler. Wire speed, right. IPv4, IPv6, you take your pick, right? Anything, right. multicast, unicast, all done over there, right? Right. And on, on the uh, CPU, this is done doing all the control, control plane functionality and the management plane functionality, okay? And uh, I, Open iOS XE operating system is actually using two cores to run, uh, two CPU cores and some memory to run OpenIOS XE operating system. So if you think about it, there's two additional cores available, right? So what you can do is you can say, oh, you know what? I'm going to run Perfsonar. Let me dedicate that core to it. Let me dedicate two gigs of memory to that guy. So now it's very, very predictable. It's not going to step on the routing and switching functionality that's happening on the rest of the iOS XE operating system, right? Yeah, it sounds and like things that you guys have learned from the UCS program about CPU affinity and keeping things up and running. That's right. Yeah, you know, and and by avoiding you know CPU pinning and stuff like that. So so it sounds to me like you guys have really taken care of making sure that people aren't going to load goofy stuff onto their 9300, 9400. That's right. And or you know a bad Python script. Of course, that never happens. <laughs> uh, and and take their switch out. Clearly, that's right. you guys have really thought about that. That's so right. that's uh, that's really good news. People will be happy to hear that. Um, think thinking of the. You know, the World Solutions 4, we had a lot of stuff that we're showing there. The iPerf and Perf Sonar, that's coming from Cisco? Uh, Perf Sonar and iPerf are, those are in the demo right now, but okay. um, those are open source available. I mean, Cisco doesn't right. write, right? So, but we, we're actually showing that you can actually roast that on the platform itself. Um, well, it's a Linux, it's a Linux shell, so people can just log in and install it Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we okay. support the Alexi containers, but we also support VMs, right, on the boxes itself. So there's various different things that you can host on the platform. You know, there, there's a, a lot of partners on the floor here that I think are going to take uh, take advantage of that. One of them, um, they do containers today is um, Thousand Eyes. Mm -hmm. They do containers today mm -hmm. on the on the ISR 4K. I'm sure they're going to do it. Um, any of the other um, vendors, I can just see, you know, WhatsApp and SolarWinds and all these guys. They're going to create polars and collectors and all these things to go right at the edge. That's right. So That's I right. think it's it's interesting. You guys have not only said, you know, what well, we're going to create this super secure platform. Right that enables all of this advanced malware protection, mm -hmm. um, but we're going to open it up to everybody. 
That's right. It's not closed. And the key is, right, I mean, if you think about IoT, right, I mean, I think IoT, we're all talking about IoT, about a million new IoT coming on board in per hour in the 2020 timeframe, right? Yeah. yeah. And, but we're still very early in that area, right? So if you think about it, that's going to proliferate like never before. And I mean, Cisco's not going to develop all the IoT devices for badge readers or lighting or whatever, right? There's these, all these different vendors that are creating these various different IoT devices. They write a little application that can be infused into the infrastructure and now can be consumed through DNA Center or consumed through a cloud-based application, right? Well, think about things like digital signage. Right. That's a perfect example of, of an edge application that could be installed, mm -hmm. right? It's a low, it's a low utilization application. You can install it there, have and at a remote location, save the network because now you're doing digital signage running right out of the switch. That's right. You're collecting flow data, collecting IoT data, doing some basic analytics. That's right. Uh, all this stuff right at the edge. So That's right. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone else on the floor is going to do. <laughs> and uh, you guys have clearly spent a lot of time working on this. It's been a big secret. You guys have done a really good job oh, you were of, surprised? of holding oh, it back. Awesome. I think the only bigger surprise than the Cat 9000, I'll be, I'll be clear, was Tim Cook walking out on that stage. <laughs> on Monday. No one saw that coming. <laughs> but otherwise, um, the network intuitive architecture with the Catalyst 9000 and DNA Center and ICE... It really is a cool architecture, and I think customers are going to jump all over it. Thank so you. I really appreciate you uh, coming down Thank and you. talking with us today. And uh, uh, there's a ton of sessions, as I've mentioned before, about the Catalyst 9000 here. So we recommend people go into the catalog at Cisco Live 365, read those, and watch all of our other uh, CCR uh, episodes. Make sure you watch TechWise TV, because the people at TechWise TV know exactly what they're doing, and I can see Lauren walking by, but she's, uh, she's ignoring us, but that's okay. <laughs> We're just radio over here. They're TV, so. Uh, again, thank you very much for coming by. You're welcome. And, uh, and hopefully we'll have you guys back soon when you have some new stuff to, uh, to announce. So Great. This has been Cisco Champion Radio uh, at Cisco Live, episode four, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Cisco Champion Radio Podcast. 